Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hello, welcome to Practice Plan's podcast. With me today is Gemma Starkey, and she's going to be talking about social media. So it's great to have you here with us, Gemma. Uh, just introduce yourself, please, and tell us a bit more about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, Hazel. And um, so I am, well, I was a dental nurse. I started in dentistry when I was around 19, and I'm 39 now. Um, and as much as I love dentistry, I loved working with the patients. I also kind of love the business side of things and had a bit of a natural flair. So mm-hmm. within my dental practice, they're a very forward thinking practice. We're having training from people like Chris Barrow. Um, and he introduced to the practice owners the ideas of sort of turning me into a marketing manager. Um, so I had a bit of help there from him. Yeah. Now, this was so long ago. This was at a time when Facebook had just started to come out. (laughs) It was not then what it is now. And at the time, sort of my marketing activities, you know, were a small mixed practice. We had a small marketing budget and social media offered us a great opportunity to be able to market the practice. So over the years, as I've worked with more dentists, they've sort of signed me up to help them to the point that I don't actually do any dental nursing now because I don't have any time to. So I just <laughs> focus on the dental social media stuff. Right. You're known as Miss Social, aren't you? Yes, I am. That was sort of a nickname that was dubbed back in the day. But now I'm a bit older. Maybe I should be like Mrs. Social or something. Or Miss Social. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, part, obviously, you're you're helping people to uh, develop their social media skills in practice. So, what's why should people be using social media in a dental practice? Yeah, well, I mean, I was coming at it from a unique perspective in the fact that I was dentistry first and then social media. So, I always come at it from a, a patient first focus. And of course, kind of knowing the regulations of the GDC and how we want to be represented, it's always dentistry and professionalism first. Um, But now, you know, in the UK, there's 84% of the population are now on social media. That's a fact that I've checked several times because it's so big. I I don't feel in saying it, but, you know, I've triple checked it and So, yeah, 84% of the the UK are now on social media and they're spending two hours every single day there. So, you know, this is where our patients hang out. This is where they are. This is where they're they're spending their evenings. So, you know, being online offers dental practices that opportunity to kind of communicate. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're actually just tapping into an audience that's already there, really. Yeah, you know, we can reach with digital marketing channels such as social media, you can reach a much larger audience nowadays. Well, we 84% of the population, yeah. <laughs> and we, we do live in a digital world. We rely on what we see online. So, you know, it. I, when, I've, when I first started out in dentistry, I remember it being optional, dentists discussing if they had to have a website, you know, 
and I worked at Pratt's, they didn't have a website. Was it really needed? And it, I feel as though we're at the same junction now with social media. You know, people think, is social media needed? But this is how patients are researching you. They want to know. They're making a decision. They want to know what's said about us online. And they turn to social media for that. Indeed, yeah. I mean, you, you, Chris, you mentioned Chris Barrow earlier, but Mark Topley also um, is someone who talks about needing to have the the right presence on on online and on on social media as well. So, what sort of things should people be posting then on social media? Yeah, so um, there's a range of things that people can and should be posting. I kind of call these the content pillars. So we want to be posting dental information. We want to be posting um, information about the practice, more personal posts to kind of personalize the brand, sort of behind the scenes, that type of thing. We want to be posting articles that are related to what's actually going on in the world. So right now it's Halloween yesterday, of course. So, you know, it's coming up for Christmas. So we want to be kind of thinking about creating some posts that patients can relate to. It's about creating content that strengthens that bond between you and patients or you and new people. You know, if you think about why you go online, you go on to be a bit entertained. Whilst you don't want to step away from being professional, we also don't want to just fall into... um, the trap of only putting out one type of content. So only putting out educational content Mm. because it could be a turnoff for that audience. So, yeah, so I like to use a variety of different content types and it keeps it fresh for the people that are looking. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a similar thing that we try to adopt here as well. I mean, some there are, there will be occasions when we'll show a bit of, of what we're like as as a team as well I mean do you advocate that kind of thing yeah I do and but again it's having that kind of perfect recipe so lots of practice fall into a trap of just doing educational or just doing um personal but there are different things that you can showcase but it's also about rethinking the way that you showcase that material So if you are doing an educational post, for example, before you might want to share a photo of somebody brushing their teeth. Well, that's not always engaging. But if you share a photo of the dentist holding the toothbrush, a figure that people recognize, then that already is more engaging. But right now, we're, of course, at the mercy of the operators of social media. And they favor particular types of content. So they're favoring video content more. So if we say educational content, we now should be start to think about, well, how do we share that? And we can then, rather than doing a text post, do a short video on flossing, showcase those. And again, it's more personal, but social media prefers that. Right. Okay, then. So you're not just trying to appeal to to the audience. You're actually trying to sort of um, game the algorithm as well, really. Then, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. You you really are because um, yeah, they they will automatically filter whether you're putting out a post or a video. You will get higher rankings for the video. 
Did you do any any sort of courses or is this something that you've you've managed to pick up through experience? So that's quite funny, Hazel, because like most people in dentistry, we all seem to have this passion for learning <laughs> um, and can get quite obsessive with wanting to go out and find the information that we need and then get straight into implementing it. Um I went out on a lot of different courses, whatever our practice needed. We needed um, a video for the practice and we had a quote and it was all three, four thousand pounds, which we didn't. Yeah, we did. We wanted the video, but we didn't have that within our marketing budget. Mm. Um, And so fortunately, at the time we were in the EU and they had lots of free courses available to help businesses. Oh, right. on a lot of free courses so I went on one course and it was on and it had a BBC cameraman who taught us the whole series of writing out a video script to recording it to editing it so mm. I would know what we need go and find a course learn it and implement it um, and you know that that worked out really well for our practice but I clocked up all my CPD hours in kind of marketing and business. I'm not really in dentistry. <laughs> so now we're no longer in the EU. I mean, are there places that people can go to learn these things? Yeah, there actually is. And I've just done a qualification in um, digital marketing. And that, again, was a funded course from the government. It's offered to people that are either self-employed or I think it's offered to some small businesses. Um, but there there are a lot of learning platforms online now, you know, mm. to go and look and sign up to this course. Um, I am hoping to maybe launch my own course, especially for people within the dental team to learn everything they need, my skills, so they can manage their practice's own social media. Oh, you. right. That sounds great. I mean, that I'm sure, you know, because you, you've done both sides. You're not just a, a marketeer. You're you're someone who's actually a, a, been a dental nurse and knows what it's all about. Yeah. And oh. I think it's really beneficial because I know then the I think about it. Well, what problems are, have a marketing brain, but with the dental knowledge? So I think, well, what problems are patients having that they might want to hear about on social media? You know, uh question that we always get asked in surgery so I can answer that rather than kind of not have any of that knowledge and I think that if if social media can be done in-house from somebody who knows how to do it and not just passed over to the youngest team member um, then that would be really effective so how 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 do you suggest that uh, to, uh, that um, the team sorts out who's going to do the social media? I mean, have you found a, a formula or something? Yeah. So um, when when I, I left the practice that I was mainly responsible for doing doing the social media for, I moved to London. So I had to learn to manage it remotely. Yeah. Um, so that kind of helped me to give me the skills of, of what challenges would come into place if they didn't have someone like me there. Um, and I think that it, it's really important now that social media is such a, a beast. There is a lot. It's very hungry for content. So it does have to be a team effort, but it can be kind of led by one person. Mm-hmm. Um 
And that one person doesn't have to say film all of the content, but they can be in charge of making sure what content's needed and getting that together and giving those tasks to other team members. Um, there is uh, one thing that can help practices significantly is the use of a social media content calendar. Right. Um, and that, that's, that is the calendar of all the events that happen throughout the year. So we're talking about events every that happen every year, such as Valentine's Day, Easter, Bonfire Night, all of these things, they go onto the calendar. Pancake Day. And then there's also some sort of, you know, National Fun Day, National Dentist Day, International Women's Day. Hmm. Because it's no good as posting about something, a different topic, Say, if we post about tooth whitening on National Book Day, the pictures in most people's social media films are filled with children dressed yeah. up in the book day. And actually, as a dental practice, if you have children, you can showcase a photo of your children at the dental practice dressed up or any patients that you've had dressed up. That post is going to reach more people. It's more relevant. It's more engaging. So you can kind of see the power of using a social media calendar. And then you can also get in there sort of the dental events that's happening. So you can showcase off your expertise. Is it five years that you've been dental phobia certified? Are you a BDA good practice member? You know, those type of things. So having a content calendar is a great way to start. And then don't wait until that day to film the content for most things. You can film that content in advance, you know. Yeah. Do it, add an extra 30 minutes onto the practice meeting and take your photos or videos then. Because in a busy day-to-day -day surgery, not many people have got time to do the social media that's needed. Yeah, yes, that's, I mean, I think that's, that's excellent um, advice, isn't it? Just plan in advance. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, what would be your big ticket advice to someone who's um, in a practice at the moment where they don't actually do much in the way of posting? What would be your main piece of advice to them? Um, I think the main piece of advice would be, even if you're not going to be active on social media or you've no immediate plans, to go and still sign yourself up to some of those accounts. Um, you know, so I know lots of practices that know TikTok's important but aren't active on it yet. You can still go and sign up to that account. It doesn't mean you have to post, but so you've got your name saved. Um and I think if you have a team meeting and see if anyone would like to do it, you know, and think about the content calendar and what's happening in a practice. And if you can't do it, then talk to somebody who can do it, even if it's an informal chat to get information that then, you know, it's like going for a dental health checkup with someone. You can they can find out where you are and give you what the next steps of advice would be. And it's more personalized for you. You don't have to take that advice, but it'd be good to know your options. And what about following other accounts, um, you know, that, that looking at online and finding people that you, you, you want to follow? Would you, would you recommend that? 
Yeah, and I think this is sort of falls into what we call engagement. So making sure that you're not just putting out content onto social media, that it's social media is communication. It's a two-way street. So always engaging with people back. So checking on your last post. Who's liked that post? Click through. Make sure you've liked their posts. Um, and finding people in the local area. And, and I'm talking about Instagram in particular here. Mm. Because, of course, with Instagram, we can search for people. On Facebook, we can't. Um, but you can search for let's say, a local restaurant that you know has your ideal patients. And you can see those followers are local followers. So you can kind of click to follow those. And it seems a bit old fashioned still doing that. But I've found that that is one of the best ways to help your account grow. But I would be really fussy with who you follow. It's always quality over quantity. And there's no point somebody following your practice if, you know, they live 100 miles away. So looking at some of those local areas where your patients hang out and making sure that you sort of follow those people. Brilliant. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. For, it's been great chatting to you, Gemma. Hopefully we can speak to you again sometime when you've developed your training. Yeah, that would be lovely. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, Hazel. It's been great. Thank you very much, Gemma. Bye. Bye.